You're listening to episode 83, our Brave Blue World mashup that was recorded live at the Hollywood premiere in Hollywood, California at Paramount Theaters. This episode is brought to you by Rogue Water Lab. Hi, this is Dr. Tobin Redwine, Instructional Assistant Professor in the Department of Agricultural Leadership, Education, and Communications at Texas A&M University. This is the podcast that's demonstrating the power of storytelling in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. We are proud to announce our new nonprofit venture, Rogue Water Lab. A tribe, an experience, a calling, a hub where you can learn, connect, and grow. The lab is cultivating the next generation of innovators in water communication and education. Why? Because progress is a human story. And those who tell the stories rule the world. So the question now belongs to you. Are you ready to join the revolution? What's up, water family? I cannot think of a better way to kick off season four than with this awesome collection of folks that we got to talk to at the Brave Blue World premiere in Hollywood. In December 2019, we kick it off with Travis Loop, who's Director of Communications at the Water Environment Federation. WEF was one of the major partners on the film. We also got to speak with Paulo Callahan, who was not only the producer of Grey Blue World, but also the founder of Blue Tech Research. We also spoke with Aoife Kelleher, who was the assistant producer and lead researcher on the film, in addition to her role as Water Technology Research Analyst at Blue Tech Research. We got to nerd out hardcore with Michael Flynn, a water engineer with NASA who also had a cameo during the film. Someone else you'll recognize in the film is Tom Kunins, who is the most recent past president of WEF and also with Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. We also got to speak with several other of the film's major partner representatives, including John Friedman, who's the vice president of global development at Suez, and Kimberly Kopecki, a global leader at DuPont. We end our little chats with folks with Bobak Ferdosi, who is a system engineer of Jet Propulsion Laboratory at NASA. Yes, he is a rocket scientist. <laughs> Just Google Mohawk astronaut and you will get a glimpse of how amazing this dude is in the conversation that we got to have, even as brief as it was. So hope you enjoy this little snippet and feel like you were there with us. You were definitely there with us in spirit. And without further ado, let's get to the show. So we're here in Hollywood with Travis Hollywood Loop, a.k.a. Travis Holly Loop Loop, <laughs> a.k.a. the Ryan Seacrest of water. Turns yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I already said before that I'm more comfortable in a wetsuit than a suit suit, and I'm well, in a tux right now, which makes me even more out of my element, but... You look yeah, good. You're, work, you. you're working you look it, good. working yeah, it. Yeah, trying. Yeah. This is so wild, right? We're here, of all the places we've been around the, at water conferences I and meetings, and like, crazy. who thought we would be sitting in LA, in Hollywood, at Paramount. the Paramount Theater right. for a premiere of Brave Blue World... Mm-hmm. A new documentary film about like how innovation and technology can lead us to a sustainable water future. I mean, uh, why are we here? I used to just put the mics down and leave. He's got it. <laughs> Done. Well, I just wanted to give the little, know. you know, boilerplate no, there. I knew we needed that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Kick us off. Yeah. yeah. So you are a seasoned communications professional. Hmm. Did you ever imagine that you would be here? Doing not only a movie premiere, but about a topic that we love dearly, water. 
No. I thought like the extent would be, you know, those videos we do with our iPhones and we talk for two minutes and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. put those up on YouTube. And so it's been a crazy yeah. journey. Yeah. Paul O'Callaghan, <laughs> who is the executive producer and he uh, is the founder of Blue Tech Research. It was February of what year is it right now? 2019, 2019 I think. So Still. <laughs> I think it was February 2018 when he came to WEF and like pitched this idea. And here and, we are. And we were like, yeah, we're in because yeah. we need to tell yeah. the story. It's been fun, like being on the very outskirts and mm-hmm. hearing like bits and pieces like, oh, they're here at WEFTEC. Oh, they're doing this. You know, and you're just like, what? now they're here showing the full yeah. movie. Liam Neeson is narrating narrating yep. yeah god we got a matt damon cameo we got jaden smith. smith yeah we got some big wigs i think that like is a testament to the growing like awareness of the importance of water and that this is like a critical issue and a critical time mm-hmm. is that people like that would be part of right. this film mm-hmm. yeah you know that some water companies and water associations have supported they're like yeah we'll be in that yeah that's amazing yeah well, I love that um, we're, we we all like to get around and talk about creative ways to talk about water because, you know, it's not like everyone else who just, you know, eat, lives and breathes it and loves <laughs> it every day. So, you know, we've seen the comic book that Swift Comply put out about fatbergs. Mm-hmm. We, you know, even WEF, you guys have your Water's Worth It, the book and the, the video that goes with it. We now have this amazing documentary film why do you think it's so important, in your opinion, for us to be telling water story in these more creative ways and mixing in the arts like that? Yeah, because we have to break out of our water bubble. Mm. Like we, we're all in our little community together and we talk great and we share all these these pieces together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the ultimate audience is the, quote, general public out there that we need their awareness and then that to be support. So we have to find kind of mainstream and or creative ways to reach them, yeah. you know, and that's what coloring books and kids books and, and documentary films can hopefully do. Yeah, for know? sure. And running toilets at community parades, you know, stuff yeah. like that. You can't have a Perfect. parade without a running toilet. I mean, like what kind of, that's not a parade I want to go to. Yeah. Um, uh, so you're, we have to like wrap this up cause you're about to hit the blue carpet. You're doing interviews you're- and you're giving our, the opening remarks. No, that was that's what I was gonna say. Oh, the yeah. opening remarks, like you're giving a speech, here, yeah. Travis. So yeah. can you give us like a sneak peek? Because you know, when everyone hears this, it will have already happened. But like, can you give us the secret green room sneak peek? I tell you, uh, yeah, Travis like, you know, opening remarks. It's it, they just wanted me to talk about why WEF supported this mm-hmm. and why it's important. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm making the point that everything people hear is doom and gloom about water, yeah. right? It's all bad news. Right. And so that that doesn't really motivate people if they just hear despair <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So there are amazing things happening. Um, and so that's what I'm going to make the point is that's what this film is about is giving people hope. Yeah. And I think the main thing is I'm like, well, why do we need a movie? And uh, I thought about what's happening with climate change and how like over the past 15, 20 years, there's been a lot of... Um, pieces put out about climate change. Mm-hmm. There's been an inconvenient truth. And mm-hmm. then before the flood and, um, then that led to people being aware of climate change mm-hmm. and also people demanding action and solutions. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, all right, if we can start to do that with water, if we can show people, here's the problem, but there's ways to solve it. Uh, maybe that can lead to more, uh, you know, people saying we want 
more funding. We want right. policy changed, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So hopefully that's what this movie does. I love it. Nice. Um, my question to you is regarding this whole knowledge hoarding um, <laughs> issue that I have with <laughs> with people. Yeah. So they're going to come here and they're going to watch this movie. Um, we all know that awareness is important, but action is necessary for change. So what's your one call to action to people after they see this film? I'm so glad you asked that question because that's also part of the end of my remarks is that we have to all be ambassadors for this film. Mm-hmm. We have to get it out there. We have to get it seen by people. So organize a screening. It'll be very easy to download this and show it at a local university mm-hmm. or at a local aquarium or to a group of elected officials, to your mm-hmm. family, to your friends. Like that's the main call to action is get it out there, get it seen by others. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, I know you're the man of the hour, super busy, so you got to get out there and uh, and interview away. But thanks for taking a few minutes to to kick off this episode for us. I'm yeah. so happy you guys are here. It's awesome, and I do just want to mention that uh, I I brought Pure Water Brew to the room. We have to give yes. a, we have to give a shout Please. out to, to Pure oh, Water Brew and to Whole Sopple Brewing in Louisville. Here we go. Whole Brewing in Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. So that's, that's yours. That's, that's okay. yours. So that this is also part of creatively telling the story of water, 100%. right? 100%. It's so. my favorite way. Whole Sopple? How do you whole, say that? Whole Brewing whole in Louisville, brewing. Kentucky. Shout out, guys. Right. Dude, check it out. Travis, so as always, thank you. Bye. Stoked to be here. Cool We're your biggest cheerleaders. All right, so super excited that we were able to track down Paul O'Callaghan, get him off the blue carpet for just a second because we wanted to um, speak with him about this amazing documentary. He was the producer of Brave Blue World and uh, also the founder of Blue Tech Research, and we all know that you guys know who that is. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking a minute of your time to come back here and chat with us in the green room. That's a pleasure. No, thanks for having me, guys. Okay, Paul. So when you were studying, we're going to go back for a minute, uh, for your biochemistry finals in college, wow. did you ever imagine that one day you'd be in Hollywood at a movie premiere for a film that you produced? No. I, <laughs> no definitely not. I can't have to say, I, no, that was, uh, that was a complete surprise. Yes. Wow. What a cool surprise. So, and not only just a film, but a film about water. So mm-hmm. why is water so important to you as an issue? I've been in water, like, since I graduated with that degree in biochemistry, I've stayed in water ever since, and I've just grown to love it. And I find the people I work with are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's endlessly fascinating. I'm always learning. And this project has definitely opened up my eyes to a whole other side of how we can solve water. Yeah. Um, uh, so there is a research company out there called Forrester Research, and they did some. They did this piece of research that said, okay, if a picture is worth a thousand words, we, we hear that said all the time, then that means uh, that one minute of video is worth 1.8 million words, and they have the whole equation to go with that. So how long is Brave Blue World? How many minutes? Uh, 52. So we wow. have quite a few words to share this message with. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so important to tell this story this way to inform an audience that generally is not that excited about water. Yeah, well, you know, having worked with um, with the Water Environment Federation, we talked about storytelling and how that those in the sector were not the best at telling our own story. Mm-hmm. And I thought that a really good medium to tell it is a documentary film. Mm-hmm. It's engaging. And I'd seen the Discovery Channel contacted me a few years back, and that's where the 
idea came from. Totally. Yeah, and they were doing a series on inventions. And one episode was on a water technology based in Ireland. And they said, we'd love to come and film it. And I said, that's a fantastic idea. I'd Mm -hmm. love to help. And when I saw how they did that, it was so engaging and Mm. so captivating. I said, wow, you can really do this in a way that ordinary people will find you know, entertaining yeah, and such a good medium to communicate. And there are such great stories in water of pioneers and innovators. Yes. And it's it's when you look at all those together, I felt there was a film there and a story. And it, it's just fantastic to see it coming together. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was the most exciting part for you in working on this film? I think it was probably seeing some of the stories in Africa. Mm. Ah. Yeah. I mean, Matt Damon. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's be real. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I mean, and surreal. And Liam Neeson, too. Yeah. Jaden. Yeah. There's been a lot of moments all right like that. Um, Mm. But let's go back to Africa. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Let's be real. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I've to see um, kids in an orphanage in Africa that didn't have any access to water. They could have walked through a river, you know, kilometers away, but that water wouldn't have been fit to drink. Mm -mm. And the only water that they had was they'd innovated and used a machine that was able to create water directly from the air. Yeah, and just seeing the kids and uh, be able to get, until the rains came, relying on that as their only source of water was incredible. Mm -hmm. And it really drove home to me. And it's strange to say that I could work in water for 20 years and still, when you only see it like that, you get it in a really experiential way. Yeah, you have to sometimes not say it to believe it, but just almost to experience it really, to truly Mm -hmm. make it a part of your vision, I guess, or yeah. how you, per, your lens or perspective. Um, I'm just going to go rogue with one more, but yeah. what's the thing you're most excited about tonight? This is so exciting and such a big deal. And I know you've been working on this for such a long time for it to culminate. I mean, there's work beyond this, but to culminate mm-hmm. at an event like this, what are you most excited about tonight? I think it's to see the audience's reaction. Yeah. Because yeah. it comes to life when people interact with it. And to see it on a big screen. I mm-hmm. mean, we've seen it on, you know, our own screens. And mm-hmm. I've seen, I know, every last... Minute, yeah. frame by frame, I, I could recite the whole thing, you know, back to back. Yeah. But I've never seen it on a big screen and I've never seen it with, you know, 200 other people together. Mm. So that's kind of what I'm most excited about. She's going to be crying. By the I way. will. I cried I'm, during I the trailer. I will be too. I think I <laughs> will be. Okay, last question. So awareness is important, but action is necessary for change. So what's your one call to action to people after they see this film? What do you want them to do? Demand better. Ah, mm. I like that answer. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I'm also borrowing that from people who've spoken to us in the film, like Glenn Diger, and that was a key message that, mm-hmm. that he drove home, was that demand more, it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, of your utility, of your of a corporation or a brand that mm-hmm. you may be buying goods from, maybe they can do more. Many of them are yeah. actually doing amazing things, and it's just to reward that when they do it and encourage others to follow mm-hmm. because there are so many ways that we can improve be it at a utility level or a corporate level or even at a, our own, in our own homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be, because that's going to make everything easier. If yeah, ordinary right. people want this to happen, yeah. then politicians will respond. And once politicians respond, it becomes much, much easier for utilities to get the job done that they want mm-hmm. to do or for finance to be brought to the table Absolutely. Your voice is stronger than you think, people. Use it. So thank you so much. I know this is such a busy night for you. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us for a few minutes. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Ariane.
All right, guys, we are super stoked to be here with Aoife Kelleher, who is the assistant producer on Brave Blue World and also the lead researcher on the film as well. So thank you so much for taking a few minutes off the blue carpet to chat <laughs> with us back here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, so you studied environmental science in college. You just told me that you were environmental scientist, but you also studied some speech and drama, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did indeed. So I suppose... I'm, I'm not a typical scientist in the sense that love it. I love mm -hmm. science. I yeah. love environmental issues. I love environmental governance, policy, all that sort of stuff. But I suppose when you study science for a period of, you know, four or five years or however long it might be, you come to the point where you realize that, wow, all these people are doing great things mm -hmm. in their research, but they're locked away in labs and, and no one knows about it. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So how is this really going to translate into, into something tangible if no one knows about it, if you can't communicate it? So I suppose that's where the communications come in. And, and that's why the scientific communications is something that as opposed to just the research is something that I'm really, really passionate and interested in. So in. a science researcher with a passion for communication was being an assistant producer in a documentary always in the cards then. <laughs> you always think this was going to happen one day. I mean, it's funny because I, I've, <laughs> I've definitely talked to my dad about the project and he always said, you know, there's a reason you spent hours and hours in front of the TV watching David Attenborough, you know, it, you it kind go. of all there makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, a documentary is a project that I've always dreamed of working on. Mm -hmm. So I mean, when I initially met Paul and we were talking about, you know, me working potentially as a researcher and um, it just kind of made a lot of sense I suppose for me to kind of transition that research role into more of a communications um, role so yeah so, so when yeah. you were telling me about the work that you did behind the scenes as the assistant producer mm -hmm. um, you kind of explained how you took the science and made it more um made it more human you kind of humanized it can you talk a little bit about your role in doing that behind the scenes yeah so it's it's interesting because you know when we started working on this project initially a lot of the things we were looking to when we were storyboarding was technologies mm -hmm. so we wanted to find the most innovative the most amazing technologies that were really you know pushing the boundaries of, of what you could do um globally in different areas of the world and, mm -hmm. and solving different problems. Um, but as we kind of, you know, got through the process of, of working on the documentary, we realized that if we really want to communicate this to people, then what we need to tell is is, is stories about other people because yes. that's what you relate to, you know. Absolutely. A technology is such an impersonal thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose essentially we got to the point where what we'd found was we found really interesting stories and then those stories kind of led to telling a story about technology that was a little bit more engaging you know, a little bit more kind of heartwarming. I can relate to that. Yeah. And and this person is just like me. So maybe I can achieve something similar to what this person has done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, being assistant producer, there's, you wear many different hats, you yeah. know, whether that hat is kind of, you know, working on creating a really interesting and engaging set of interview questions mm -hmm. so that, you know, when you put two engineers together on screen, mm -hmm. they don't just talk science and technical. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's one of the things because that's so easy to happen. Sure. Exactly. Um, other things would be like working on animations. You know, our team at Prospect Arts were fantastic in that, uh, you know, we helped translate the science and the, and, and the technology. And then they really brought that to life with animation. So we were able to kind of work very collaboratively with them on that. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's there's so many aspects to making a documentary, even just yeah. stuff like, you know, project managing, you know, speaking to our partners, making sure that they were super engaged in the project was also very important um, to us because they believed in us initially, um, you know, when we were just a bunch of scientists that were trying to make a documentary. <laughs> um, so, awesome. yeah, I mean, there was there was many different aspects and, and even the research part I suppose I would have looked at you know hundreds of technologies to, to see you know which which are the ones that we want to feature you mm -hmm. know which are the really interesting and engaging ones yeah um so yeah many hats but yeah it's, it's been a fantastic project to work on it really has and there's so many things related to science and innovation that you could there's so many stories there that you could tell but why was water story specifically the the one that you focused on yeah I mean 
I, I think now is the time for water, right? Mm. So water has been all over the news recently. But what we see is, is we see really tales of doom and gloom. Mm. So if you're in the States, what's popping up on your news is Flint, Michigan and what's yeah. happened. And it's a crisis situation. Or you'll see stories of cryptosporidium outbreaks. You'll mm. see stories of day zero. Um, but the issue is, is that no one's really talking about the solutions. So I remember like very early days when myself and Paul were talking about this project and, you know, how it was going to evolve. One of the things that we had always said was that, you know, we want this story to be be positive, we want it to be hopeful, we want to share that we have solutions and then engage people to, you know, become part of the solution. Mm. Um, so when we look at other, you know, environmental documentaries like Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth, mm -hmm. you know, while it's a fantastic documentary and, and you know, it, it did a lot of work in terms of educating people on the problem, I don't necessarily know if people felt like they could, you know, help the situation or provide mm -hmm. anything positive after watching it. Yeah. You know, they just felt a bit sad. Wow, this is something that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think now the time for water you know water is the vessel through which climate change shows its its ugly face yeah. you know whether it's 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 flooding you know whether it's the melting of the ice caps mm -hmm. I mean there's so many ways in which water is that vessel and mm -hmm. um, that I think now's the time to to talk about water yeah so this is an exciting moment for the water world to have a premiere for a documentary in Hollywood on the blue carpet Absolutely. but this isn't the only place where people will get to see it right. um people can have the opportunity to host screenings throughout the country of this film uh, moving forward. So why do you think that film and this documentary specifically are such an important way for communities around the country or world even to start that communication about water with their communities? Yeah, so that, very good question. Um, yeah, I mean, the documentary really is only part one of, of what's happening for, yeah. for the Bravely World, you know, which is really, really exciting for us. Um, so I suppose... For us, the medium we chose was documentary. And, and that's because we want to engage people outside of the water sector. Mm -hmm. You know, people in the water sector are, are talking at conferences all the time. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a there's actually a crazy amount of water conferences. Oh, like once a week. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you you literally couldn't go to them all, even if you really right. wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> they all have amazing agendas. You know, they all have a, a really great group of people who care about mm -hmm. water. But you're you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, so what we need to do is we need to find, you know, ways to involve different disciplines and people from different backgrounds mm -hmm. um, in, in water. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to bring in different perspectives, opinions, um, you know, ways of solving problems and really engage people in this topic, um, you know, when it's maybe a little bit outside of their comfort zone, you know, because that's when the real change happens. And yeah. that's when people, you know, really start you know, coming together and, and finding solutions. So, yeah, I mean, the documentary, I think it works because we want to bring different people to water. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, documentary is something that a lot of people engage with, even if they're not interested in science, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's a little bit more kind of, it's not as intimidating, we'll say, as going yeah. to like, you know, a really technical lecture on like reverse osmosis. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> we're, we're, our hope is that, you know, people will feel like, you know, they, this documentary is for everyone, regardless right. of whether you're a scientist even, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the, the goal there. Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to do our last question mm -hmm. and we'll let you get back to the blue carpet. Yes. <laughs> um, so awareness is important, um, but action is necessary for change. So what's your one call to action to people after they see this film? Like, what do you want them to do? That is an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's the one that, you know, people, people always ask the team, you know. And I suppose with the different individuals, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can get involved. So what I always say is that, you know, every little step that someone makes, you know, towards if it's going to be conserving water or, you know, um, buying brands that, you know, are, are incorporating water reuse systems mm -hmm. into, into their um, manufacturing process and, um, you know, supporting those brands, those guys, mm -hmm. or even just, you know, asking your local utility, you mm -hmm. know, where my water is coming from. 
you know, if if people can leave this documentary and even mm. just want to learn the tiniest little bit more about water, yeah. Yeah. then I think we've done our job. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, because you would be frightened by the amount of people that don't even know where their water comes from oh, when we, it comes out of 100%. their tap. 100%. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if it's just that first tiny little trigger mm-hmm. that says we're, we're going to learn a little bit more about water, I'm going to question things a little bit more, mm-hmm. then, then that kind of, you know, sparks a domino effect yes. where you learn one little bit, you want to know a little bit more, you mm-hmm. feel more engaged, you know, mm-hmm. you're... It's, it's a process, you know, yeah. so we're not expecting people to do absolutely everything tomorrow, you yes. know, <laughs> but, you know, even one tiny step can, mm-hmm. can make a massive difference. So, oh, man. well, everyone's call to action is to make sure that you see this film. And then the next call to action is what Aoife just said, and just start to ask those little questions piece by piece. So mm-hmm. thank you okay. so much for taking time out and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. And we're so excited to see the show. And thank you for your contribution to yes, it. Yeah, you. of course. I look forward to you seeing it. We are super excited to be here with Michael Flynn, who NASA in the house. He is a water Shout engineer out. at NASA. Like, how amazing is that? Thank you so much for taking some time out of this uh, uh, lovely reception out here to spend a few moments mm-hmm. with us to uh, nerd out about this movie. So appreciate that. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, okay, so Matt Damon, who does have an appearance in this documentary, played a space botanist on the big screen in the movie <laughs> The Martian. But you're the real deal space water engineer at NASA. In all your time at going to the office, when you, oh, well, you are with NASA at NASA, did you ever imagine you'd be at a Hollywood premiere for a film about water? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, um, you know, I remember back when Paul, who sort of put this all together, mm-hmm. first told me about uh, that he wanted to make a movie about water. And I tend to be a very positive person. So I told Paul, that's a great idea. That'll work really well. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, that's the craziest idea I ever heard. <laughs> what are nice. the chances of that being successful? Right, well, well yeah. here we are, and it's here successful. And to his credit, you mm-hmm. know, his tenacity to follow through and to pull it all together. So, yeah, very impressive. Nice. Awesome. So why is water so important to you personally? Uh, well, I work for NASA. So, uh, you know, we have a different uh, take on the concept of sustainability. Because uh, yeah. if you're going to be going and living on Mars or on the International Space Station, uh, water is all about cost, right? Mm. So our, in, our interpretation of sustainability is we need to reduce the cost of human spaceflight. And if you're having to haul water up and down, that's very expensive. So it's a sort of a no-brainer that you're going to recycle all the water on any of those missions. Yeah. And, uh, and so we also take that and do technology transfer and try to bring that to you know, the terrestrial sector as well, and where we really focus on putting water recycling systems in buildings and in homes and doing it in a way that it's it's cheaper than just buying water from your local municipality and, yeah. and paying for the sewer. So. Wow. I was that's not the direction that I I'm thought you were gonna go with that. So, so that's I'm, I just read an article about oh NASA and um, you guys, you know, the water's like right below the surface. It's this perfect scenario in Mars. Oh. And then I read, okay, NASA's like, I'm going to be there in 2030s. And then um, <laughs> what's SpaceX? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to be there in 2020. I'm like, okay, come on, no, NASA. No, we're banking on NASA. <laughs> we're gonna be there. Well, no, so, so just... SpaceX and NASA are very sort of in tune with each other. So and cool, If dude. you're going to go to Mars, I mean, nobody's going to do it on their own. It, yeah. It's going to be an international public-private right. partnership because of the costs associated with doing it. Can we just stop for a second? You just said, if we're going to go to Mars. Like, I know, just so like, what? you know. This is really happening. When we go what? to Mars, yes. Yeah. 
gosh. It's happening. Okay. Well, Sorry. from my perspective, it should have already happened. I'm wondering why it's taking so long. <laughs> Government agency stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Red tape. Red tape. Um, so you're an engineer, a researcher, data, numbers, facts, very important to you and your work. Why do you think it's so important that data be transformed into story form, like this film, to communicate an issue as important as the global water crisis? Yeah, I mean, that uh, that's the key. That's the objective of, the, of this movie, of this activity. And, uh, you know, in my experience working primarily in technology transfer, taking NASA technologies and applying them to, like, global warming and different mm -hmm. applications, you know, the real power is in the individual, mm -hmm. right? If you as an yeah. individual decide that you're going to change your lifestyle, you're going to buy an electric car, you know, get rid of the, you know, gas appliances in your house, recycle water, use less water. That's the most powerful way to actually affect change. Uh, government has a limited ability to implement those things, but if, if think about it, if everybody in, in, in this area in, in California decided we're going to, you know, buy a wash machine that recycles its water internally to it, mm -hmm. that have a huge impact on the amount of water that's consumed if we reduce it by about 20% within the state. Yeah. So you as an individual, as a consumer, Consumer, that's where all the power is. So these kinds of movies that give you the information to make intelligent decisions is that, that that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the most exciting part for you about getting to work on this film with Paul and the team? Uh, actually, I have to tell you, it was just Paul. I've known him for quite some time, yeah. and it was him. You know, watching him sort of come up with the idea, and he's very gregarious. He's very outgoing, and. Uh, just watching him just get excited about it and then and then start being successful, you yeah. know, get a, a producer and a director that would pull it together that he liked and then get funding to put the whole thing together. And then, you know, here at the end, it seems like it's just picking up speed and going mm. more and more. And, you know, when you when you know somebody, you see that mm -hmm. positive experience happen to them. That's a that's priceless. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Well, we have our final question for you. So. Um, we know that awareness is important, but action is necessary for change. So what's your one call to action to people after they see this film? What do you want them to do? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing is to be more comfortable with water recycling. So mm -hmm. if you think about it, water is just a molecule, mm -hmm. right? And uh, The coolest molecule. Yeah. The coolest molecule. <laughs> and people have a resistance to drinking recycled water. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, it's just a molecule. If, if I can purify it and make it all the same pure molecule without any contaminants in it, it's exactly like the water coming out of your tap, right? The chances of any water, molecule of water in the existence of this earth, having never passed through some animal's digestive system, is pretty close to zero, yeah. right? So you're drinking recycled water no matter what, right? Yeah. But the more people become comfortable with it, the more they become accepting of it, the more likely they're going to be supportive of water recycling. The technology exists. The technology exists to make this building recycle its mm -hmm. water at really low costs, you know, mm -hmm. lower costs than hooking up to the sewer and taking water from yep. the city. Uh, the, it's just getting people to be accepting of it is the, is sure. the crucial step. Yeah. All right. You're drinking the same water the dinosaurs drank. So Drink same water, yeah. Get over it. So. <laughs> now, I, I saw a statistic uh, that the, the, the chances that you have inhaled a molecule of carbon or oxygen that Julius Caesar exhaled in his life, Ooh. and it's, it's one in six. So one out of every six people statistically has inhaled a molecule of carbon dioxide or, or the oxygen and carbon that makes it up uh, that Julius Caesar exhaled. So we live in a connected world. Uh, yes. the, the idea of purity, it, it, it doesn't, it's not real. It's not something, it's, it's a fabrication that people, uh, people make up. Yeah. yeah, well, straight from NASA's mouth yeah. to your straight ears, folks. Yeah. So be so cool if you, with that recycling. if you want to be an astronaut and live on the International Space Station, you're going to drink your own urine. 
Not only that, you're <laughs> so going to drink cool. the person sitting next to you's urine. There is no other options. Yep. That's the only yeah. option. That's all you got. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's my dreams for space. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Like losing it right yeah. now. I'm well, I'm, cal- I'm calm on the outside. I'm freaking out. On you're <laughs> kind of freaking out on the outside, too. Um, Thank you so much for taking a few sure. minutes away from the blue carpet to come mm-hmm. to come talk with us, and we're really excited to see you. I know I saw you in the the trailer, yeah. mm-hmm. so looking forward to see what you say uh, throughout the rest of the documentary. But thanks again. Yep. Thank Thanks-y. you very much. So now we've kind of taken it to the floor. We're roaming the blue carpet area and the reception prior to the screening, and we ran into uh, one of our only. Tom Kinnan. So. Hello, Rogue Water. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you enjoying it? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Paramount Theater. Are you kidding? This Big is really time. exciting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what was the most exciting part for you about working on this film? Well, is to recognize that uh, we're not alone. You know, that there's people else there in, in the world that are doing cool things, too, whether it's about water reuse or it's about uh, uh, energy capture, whatever. And to say... Wow, you know, these are things that we could connect to as well. Uh, what was the most exciting uh, exciting part for you? I know that you're in it. You're in this film. So you're, uh, Tom has a cameo. Like, what was the coolest part about doing this? Is that uh, when I was talking to the, to the film crew, that they were so excited to learn this stuff, right? Nice. Right? Yeah. And so it wasn't like they were just doing their thing about the film. They, they wanted to know more about what was going on. So we did a lot of talking that wasn't even on film because nice. they were so excited about this. So how important is it to you that we do, that water tells its story in this way, not just through PowerPoints and presentations at conferences, but by telling our story, using story in film? Why is that so important? Because it's the emotional element. You know, we were showing a, um, a trailer of this at, at, uh, at WEFTEC at the opening general mm-hmm. session, and I talked to a, uh, a student afterwards uh, who was there as part of the WEFTEC uh, inflow program, and he said, when I saw that film, I, f- I knew I found my home. Oh, my God. And this was not somebody prior to that who had really was thinking about water as a career. And he said, I found my home. That's the word he used. Wow. So that's that, that emotional connection. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Wow. I want to get a selfie. Okay, okay so we're going to wrap it up. Our final question. So action is, you know, contagious. And we, you know, in order to make change, we have to have action. So what is the one call to action that you think that people should have after they see this film? The the, the call to action on that is to say, we need to support for the future, to recognize that this is not just about now, because you could say, right now, I'm fine. I turn on the tap, I'm fine. This is about our future. This is about your children's future, your nieces and nephews' future. Yeah. Like it. Woo! Thank you so much for taking a few times off the blue carpet. We really appreciate it. We're super excited to be here with John Friedman, who is the Senior Vice President at Suez. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your time, out of the blue carpet, to chat with us today. So whether at GE Water or at Suez, you've been marketing water for a while now. You've got some experience in the game. Uh, Did you ever imagine that you'd be at a Hollywood premiere for a film about water? Okay, here's the thing. Our chief marketing officer was supposed to be here, but I am not marketing water for Suez. However, I am the global government affairs leader, and uh, no, I, 
I never really thought a film like this would be made. Yeah. But I always hoped it would be. Yes. Well, Global Affairs, you're still kind of marketing water. You're telling water story out there, right? I am. And yeah. Can I just say, that, as long as you're asking this question, can Absolutely. I just say this? You know, I go to a million conferences. I bet. And I always hear the same problem statement, yep. which is, hey, we're having increasing water scarcity uh, in many parts of the world, driven by things like climate change. But I don't hear the solution. And that's why I'm really excited about this film. Yeah, and that's kind of a reoccurring theme that we've heard and everyone that we've talked about is how this really is about the amazing solutions that are happening. And it's not doom and gloom. Like, there's some really cool things that are going on. So uh, I'm in no way unique. <laughs> No, no, but I, but I like, you know, I've heard it from um, several different backgrounds, so I love that, you know, you're just further validating that for me. Thank okay. you. But why is water important to you individually? Look, um, I mean, in part, it's because it's been my job for the past 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and another part, because uh, I actually do really care about the issue. You can't be in this industry without recognizing how grave an issue it is and yeah. wanting to do something to, to help. Yeah, absolutely. And with your work that you do with governments and NGOs around the world, why do you think making a film like this is so important? Okay. Uh, when I communicate with governments, uh, one of the things I do is I prepare white papers on policy issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're not exactly riveting. So when you can actually create a film which tells a story in an, I presume, entertaining way, you're communicating this important information to people like, and by the way, government officials, they have a lot of power to do something about water scarcity. So, you, so you're actually communicating to them, hey, not only the scope and scale of the problem, but also hey, there's some solutions that you can help implement if you put the right policies in place. See how I work the government affairs kind of uh, part into there at the end? It's perfect. Right. I love it. Okay, so awareness is important. And, you know, action is necessary for change. So what's your one call to action to people after they see this film? What do you want them to do with this? Okay, I'm going to stay on the government affairs I theme. love it. And, and what I'm going to say is because I really do think governments have huge amounts of power. That's Thank obvious, you. right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can actually get governments to put the right policies in place to promote these solutions to water scarcity, right. it's game, set, match. Even empower it, empowering your employees. We used to work for government um, municipalities ourselves, and just being empowered to do things, to think outside the box, was yeah. night and day difference. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I, I think you're right. <laughs> well, John, and thank not you. just because you're you're the one asking the questions. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking a few moments off the blue carpet to chat with us about water in this film, and uh, we appreciate that. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs>
and I described it as the Rosetta Stone of water. It Ooh. can translate from benchtop experimentation to a full-scale solution deployment. So we have water there from so many sources, industrial wastewater, municipal wastewater, surface water, river water, groundwater. Yeah. And so we can really mix and match our technologies, mimic almost any customer water so that we can show how things work at scale, provide them all the data, help them make the decisions, et cetera. Wow, so did you ever, did you ever think that you would be at a premiere for a movie about water in this way? Definitely not. When Paul came to me, I think I was the second person outside of WEF, WEF. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it was a PowerPoint. And it had chapters. But what came through, and is still true today, was it was an optimistic story. And that was our message. Yeah. So it worked. It was so in sync with what we were trying to say is we have the solutions. Yeah. And we don't have to invent anything, really. We just have to figure it out and deploy it. Get them, yeah, yeah. What was the most exciting part for you in just being a part of the film itself? Well, certainly the filming in Tarragona was very exciting yeah. to see kind of how they were drawing out the story. And the next piece that was quite exciting was a follow-on from Tarragona because as uh, my R&D partner Tina Arrowwood and I were being interviewed. We talked about our customers in India in the textile space and how we help um, help them recycle and reuse water, which saves the farmland yeah. from becoming too salty, right? Yeah. And that's so important um, because that area is quite, quite arid. And Paul said, oh, can we go? <laughs> <laughs> and that turned into um, climbing a very big mountain, but I'm very excited to see a result of that because I know they had a very good filming session there. Oh, so excited. Why do you think it's so important for us to tell Water Story in this way, to use that power of film in a documentary? Because we need everybody. Yeah. We need everybody's creative minds. And when people have the knowledge, then they can figure out how to put it together and find their own solutions. And the reason why it's so important in water is because water is very local, right? Science is global. Water is super local, hyper local sometimes. Yeah. So because of that, we need the people within those localities to sort of figure out exactly how to apply the technology and the policy and the regulations, right? So we play a part in that, but we all need to come together. Awesome. So final question. So action is the necessary ingredient for change. So what is your one call to action to people after they see this film? What do you want them to do? There's hope. I mean, right. don't, don't give up hope, right? Uh, get involved, learn. You know, the thing about water is everybody understands it. Everyone knows how important it is to their life. And you can go to your local municipality. You can get a tour. You can learn how this all works. And then you can start getting ideas. You can yeah. figure it out. And you can look for some of the issues. So I think there's lots of opportunity. So cool. Well, thank you so much for um, taking the time, hanging out with us, walking around on the blue carpet. <laughs> um, and I hope you enjoy the film. Yeah. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are super excited to be roaming the blue carpet and Tom introduced us to Babak Fardosi. Babak Fardosi. Okay, yes. And can you tell us what you do because your story cool. is amazing. Thank you. Uh, I'm an engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory and uh, I've worked on a, a number of missions. So um, I work on a mission right now with, uh, with India called NISAR. And then before that I worked on a mission uh, to Europa, which is one of Jupiter's moons. 
And then uh, the one that Tom was discussing was uh, the Mars rover Curiosity. <laughs> so that was, that was where I spent most of my career. Wow. Oh my God, I'm geeking out so hard right now. I am like, okay, I need to know more about the moons. I need to know all about Curiosity. Yes. Okay, tell me everything. Yeah. All uh, the secrets. All the secrets. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about water tonight, and I think yeah. one of the cool things that we keep finding in the solar system is a lot of other places for water. And we're trying to understand, of course, one, how does all the water get to Earth? Uh, and then two, you know, what's, what's the kind of occurrence of water elsewhere? And certainly as you think, you know, hopefully in the future, if we send more and more people out into the solar system, what resources we need. So yeah. that's kind of a, one of the big stories through the, you know, the Mars program has been the, the search for life um, and kind of building our way into that story. The first part of that story was the search for water. Is there water on Mars? Mm -hmm. Because we think that's a prerequisite for life. So are we going to see you on the big screen in a few minutes? You won't see me on the big screen. No, um, but you're... I've been, but I've been on this very same screen. I was actually in a documentary that also showed at the same theater called For the Love of Spock. Oh, my, nice. My love of Star Trek, yeah. Nice. And tell her, you were also in Sharknado. I was oh, also Oh, my gosh, you didn't tell me. We were here with a I'm very, yes, famous I'm very movie big. star uh -huh. right mm -hmm. here. That's oh, right. my gosh. Uh, yeah, if you missed, you could have blinked and missed the entire scene that I was in, but uh, I am in Sharknado 3. Um, which I think critics have said is at least in the top five Sharknado movies. At least in the top five. That's right. So what are you most excited about with this film tonight? Uh, I mean, I'm excited. My cousin Tom's in this, so I'm excited to see him. I just Also, I just genuinely love uh, kind of the storytelling about the importance of, of things here on Earth. I think, you know, one of my big motivations has always been to leave the world a little better than, mm. than when I started. Um, and I think that that's, you know, one of the motivations behind this as well, so. Yeah, well, now that we know that we're talking to a seasoned actor, mm. how important is it to you to use things like film to convey the importance of issues like water that for most people who aren't water nerds like us may not be interested in? I think it's, a, I mean, I, I think whatever format, you know, reaches people to tell those stories is super important, right? And, you know, with, with things like this, um, it's, it's one thing to show data, um, you know, to sort of just present the, the charts. It's another thing to sort of make a compelling story where, you know, people can resonate with it. And that's where, you know, cinema and, and other mediums can kind of be much more powerful is that personal connection, the emotional connection, rather than a logical connection. You know, Tom and I actually had this long conversation the other day about how to even present data to tell stories. Mm. But a lot of times it just takes a personal connection. And I mm -hmm. think that's what's, what's really yeah. neat. So can we have a podcast episode legit where we just listen to you guys have that conversation? I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm in, Tom. Are you in? I'm in for that choice. Yes. Okay. 2020, y'all. Can we wear funny hats? Um, 100, yes. Okay. I mean, who's to say we're not wearing funny hats right now? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you spilled the beans. Okay, so final question. So, um, you know, action is necessary ingredient of change. So what's your one call to action for seeing this film? What do you want people to do when they see this film? I mean, I, I think with all these uh, stories, I think the one thing that I'd like people to do is, is just to make a small change in their own personal life. Mm -hmm. I don't think the goal should be, you know, for all of us to completely revamp and feel like, you know, our, the way we like to live is under threat. But it's about establishing sort of an equilibrium. And I think all of us can make a very small change that really, you know, you won't notice at the end of the day, right? It's just like a, mm -hmm. a kind of a habit. Sure. Um, and once you sort of make that habit, if all of us can do that, that's a significant impact. There's, of course, many other things we can do, um, advocacy and things like that as well. But I just think, you know, at a personal level, just making one small change that you really forget about after a while is mm -hmm. probably a really good place to start. Wow. From NASA's mouth, mouth to, your to your ears. ears. So it's, it's legit. Small changes. 
Yes, baby steps. Thank you so much for taking some time well, off the blue you. carpet to speak with us. And we were 100% serious about that podcast. I want to hear you guys talk about that all day. We or will. for at least like 45 minutes. We'll nerd out together. <laughs> we'll all right, thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes, Catalyst Mastermind Summit news, and all things Watercom's revolution by signing up for our lab notes at roguewaterlab.org. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at roguewaterlab. And we also share all of our new episodes on social. And you can continue to keep up with the H2 Duo shenanigans on Twitter and Insta at the underscore H2 Duo. Please share with your friends and colleagues so we can continue to build the tribe. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world.